You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Jeremiah 10. I've been in my personal Bible reading lately in Jeremiah. And when I read this, it seemed like the Lord just pulled it off the page for me. Verse number 17, it speaks about the wares. Those are the bundles. Gather up thy wares. Bundle things up, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once. I will distress them that they may find it so. Woe is me. Our verse is verse 19 today. Woe is me for my hurt. Let me stop before I read. And Jeremiah and God were so hurt over Israel. Broken. They warned and warned and warned and they never came back to God. 41 years Jeremiah preaches and they never came back to God. Just like the book before Isaiah preached 62 years, they never came back. You talk about a failure of a ministry, but he fulfilled what God wanted him to fulfill. He warned. And he said, woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. But I said, truly, this is my grief. In other words, I'm taking ownership. I'm hurt. I'm broken. But I'll take ownership. This is, this is the lot God has for me. And I want you to read after the word and, beginning with the word I. Ready, begin. I must bear it. Verse number 19, the last four words. Ready, begin. I must. One more time, like independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist. Are you ready? I must bear it. I wonder what God's called you today to bear. There's some things you're going to have to just bear in life. No one's going to be there to Gucci, Gucci, goo you. Just, you have to bear it. It's your grief. It's your hurt. It's your sorrow. But we have to leave here today, so I have to bear it. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. But I have to bear it. This is my lot in life. Father, I thank you for these dear people that I love so very much. Jeremiah was so heartbroken. These first nine chapters tells us about his grief. And I pray that we might be a people that pay attention to the word of God today and remind ourselves that in life there'll be things come to us that are so disappointing, especially the older we become. And things don't turn out the way we had hoped and prayed and sacrificed and invested. And we're filled with grief and disappointment and sorrow. When the things we've given our life to have all fallen apart, God, may we bear it. I must bear it. Help me to be a help to these dear, dear, sweet people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, Jeremiah says, truly, this is my grief. Four words, this is my grief. If you could go back to chapter four real quickly today. In chapter number four, and notice what the Bible says in chapter four, verse number 19. Paul, uh, Jeremiah says, my bowels, my bowels, it's, it's even affecting his health. 
His stomach is churning. He's so very disappointed. Brother Munoz, your dad's here from Arizona. I just saw him. God bless you. Good to have you here. My bowels, my bowels. I am pained at my very heart. And my heart making the noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, oh, my soul, sound the trumpet. The alarm of war, destruction upon destruction is cried. The whole land is spoiled. Jeremiah said, I don't want this. My nation is, I don't want to see what's going to happen. I'm just sick in my stomach. I want you to see in chapter number nine, chapter number nine and verse 18. And they said in verse 18, uh, let them make haste and take up a wailing for us that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids gush out with waters. For the voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? We're captured. We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land because our dwellings have cast us out. Here's a man that is so full of grief. Grief is a powerful word. Grief in our text today means simply this, mental or physical distress. I wonder who I'm talking to today. That last night you tossed and turned. And I know, let not your heart be troubled, I know that. And I'm not trying to be irreverent to the word of God. It's like when a loved one dies, almost everybody quotes to us, well, you know, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together. Well, you know, I'm not disregarding the word of God, and that's a powerful verse. But when your whole world is falling apart, and you said goodbye to that one who's the dearest on earth to you, for some reason, most of the time at that moment, Romans 8, 28 is not much of comfort because you don't see, and it doesn't say we see that all things work together, but it says we know. Here's a man and he, he's so full of grief, there's mental anguish, there's physical anguish. Some of you eat, though you're not bulimic, immediately when you eat, you get sick and you cannot hold it down. You say, I've never experienced that. You haven't lived long enough then. You haven't experienced the sorrows and heartaches of life when you toss and turn, as the word of God says, upon your bed at night. And you're so concerned, and that concern is a spiritual concern, but it's also, a, a, it's also perhaps a, a nervousness. So you're not supposed to be nervous. I know that. I've been pastoring this church 45 years. I know I'm not, I'm supposed to cast all my care upon him and I try and I, what I find out sometimes what I do, I cast it all upon him, keep back apart and the next thing I know I'm walking the floors at night. I'm nervous, I'm afraid, I'm scared. That's part of life, we're so human. If you're not careful, you judge yourself and I've done the same. Lord, I just gave this to you and now here I am walking the floors and I'm worried, I'm frustrated, I'm afraid. I'm nervous. Don't you think of these last 15 months, 400 and almost 40 days of COVID as a pastor, I'm responsible for you. And I had you out here. We don't get hail here. And we had hail like we've never seen in my lifetime before. And it was hailing here. And we'd start singing and umbrellas would come up. My Bible has pages on it that are rippling because the rain would come on in here. And I saw you out there. And I saw you blankets and cold. That bothers a pastor. That causes me to be concerned. I see college shut down, I see a school shut down, 
and yet I see payroll and health insurance continue to go. I'm saying, Lord, how in the world? Please help us. Please help us. I see enrollments go down because in this area, we have been shut down like no other county in the nation. It's an amazing thing. Sometimes you feel like Satan's seat is here as it says in the book of Revelation. What are you gonna do, run? This, this valley doesn't need me to run right now, but there are times I feel like running. The wound is grievous. I wonder what wound would you have today? Oh, I know we have a long list that we're praying for people with cancer and MS and Parkinson's. But I think of the people we have in this church that you don't know about that have it. They tossed a turn with their cancer last night, with their Parkinson's last night. We have so many young couples that are suffering through cancer right now and their little kids. You talk about a grievous wound. The Bible says, Chapter number 19, woe is me for my hurt, my grief, my disappointment, my mental suffering, my physical suffering. I wonder, I wonder right now, I wonder what's your grief today. You could fill in the blank. Maybe you have grief that your mate doesn't know. Maybe you have grief your kids don't know, your grandkids don't know. Maybe you have grief that's just so overwhelming. I promise you this, I said it earlier, the older you get, you have invested your life. I know scores and hundreds and hundreds of people in this nation, they prayed for a child, they begged God for a child, and God gave them a child. And they raised that child and brought them to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and they fed them and they loved them. And they were there when they were sick and they cared for them. And there every event of their life and graduations and basketball games and baseball games and football games and cheerleading and everything. I know just this week of a, another, another person that says to the parents, and I think on, online, I don't wanna to talk to you again. That's not honoring your parents. God's word says, honor thy father. You have a family difficulty? Don't take it out on social media. No, so many mothers that have been so wounded, so many dads so wounded, heartache. This child is bundled with joy that you held and now you get older and you're, you're so smart, you know much better than your dad or your mother. Shame on you. You reject grandparents, shame on you. You show up at funerals and you've never talked to your dad or your mother or your grandma or grandpa in years because you're upset. And what's the grief today? Your physical, marital, I don't know what it is. But my message is found in those last words. I must bear it. Thank God for Jeremiah, uh, 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 Galatians 6.2, bear ye one another's burdens. Sometimes, friend, there's no one to bear your problem but you. Someone there's, sometimes there's no one around to help you. Sometimes the doctor cannot help. Sometimes the medicine doesn't work. 
Sometimes a family doesn't understand. In my song book, I was singing this week, this song. And I know you know it, it was written so many years ago. On page number, you don't need to turn there, 397. No one understands like Jesus. He's a friend beyond compare. Meet him at the throne of mercy. He is waiting for you there. John Peterson wrote this song. I spoke to John Peterson with one of our music classes years ago before his death. No one understands like Jesus. Every woe he sees and feels. Tenderly he whispers comfort. And the broken heart he, he heals. No one understands like Jesus when you falter on your way. Though you fail him, sadly fail him. And I don't know what you're... That's one of the difficulties I have. I've tried so hard to be a good pastor. I've tried at all these things. But I feel so often, Lord, I just have failed you. And I know that's probably pride. And I know that's self. But you'd be shocked how the old devil battles me on that. Some of you parents are there. You think, I, I wasn't a good mother. Here's what, no, 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 don't go there. The man that wrote the song in our hymn book, he died about three years ago. I want to say he was 95. He had nothing but a lot, lot of sorrows in life. I've heard the testimony. And the sorrows of life, he wrote, he wrote about it. He goes, in the dark of the midnight have I off in my face while the storms, that's what grief is, storms, howl about me and there's no hiding place till the storm passes over. And you know what storms do? They come and they go and then another one comes. But I must bear, I must bear it. Today I wanna to say one, bear it for yourself. Bear it for yourself. The Bible said in John 4, she hath done what she could. And something has entered in your life for your own sake. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't run. Don't flee. Stay and bear it for yourself as a man. Face it. High school graduation this past week, I read the story of the news account two weeks ago of Howie, sweet Howie, Prince Howie. Came to America, he's trashing our Amendment 1. What in the world does that young kid think? And he's married this girl and she said, you need to go a therapist because of all the privilege. Yes, he was born into privilege. His grandmother's the queen. And he's gone online and attacked his father and attacked his, his dad may, may not been a, but, but what, what real man goes online to attack your dad and your 99 year old grandmother? And then wait, 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 it gets worse. You go on a woman's show or Oprah, is that how you say her name? And you spill your guts because you're a therapist? You have got to be kissing, uh, kidding me. Oh, Howie, 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 sweet little Howie, you big sissy. Hey, won't you bear it? 
She said, well, I've borne all this privilege. Well, sure you will. Do something with it. Sure you do something with it. Complain how much privilege he has. I've been born to a lot of privilege. I was born in a place called the United States of America. No other country in the world like this country. We stand for the flag. We honor the flag. We honor those that have fought for that flag. I love America. And if you don't like America, friend, there's an airport right over there with 500 flights a day going over the top of this church. Grab a plane and leave. Thank God for America. Sometimes you have to be valiant for yourself. Sometimes you just gotta say, I must bear this cross. I must bear this sorrow. Sometimes you need to bear your sorrow for others. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 13. Be of good courage. Let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people. The little ones need you to be strong. Mothers, they cannot see, your children cannot see you griping and complaining and bemoaning everything in life. They've got to see a mother's Proverbs 31 that God can and God will and it'll always bring us through. Stop the complaining. I appreciate you parents not making a, always a federal case out of COVID. I'm thankful that, uh, that, that, that you calmed your kids down. I have a lot to say that I don't agree with COVID. We're losing our, history, our heritage and our freedoms and our liberty as a result of COVID. We're being monitored like never before. But I tell you what, the little kids are in Sunday school right now and all these Sunday school classes, they, don't, they need to be calmed down that America's still okay. We're gonna make it. We made it through World War II and we made it through the Spanish flu, which was bigger than this and more deaths. And we made it through the Great Depression. We made it through the Dust Bowl. We made it through World War II and the Korean conflict. And we made it through the crash of the stock market. And we made it through the Vietnam War. We made it through and we'll make it again. I think there's 14 presidents I've had in my lifetime. And I'll tell you what, most of them have not been good. But here's America. America stands not because we have always good presidents and good congressmen and good preachers. America stands because we have a great God. God established this great country. Sometimes we just have to be valiant for others. I never saw him play. I guess he was in my lifetime, but I know we have a deacon, Jim Brown, who played for Stanford football with John Elway. Still holds records. But there was another Jim Brown great running back many years ago. Jim Brown always would run and find the hole and get tackled and get tackled hard. They were always trying to take him out of the game through hitting him so hard. Jim Brown always did the same thing. He never jumped up, never jumped up. He never ran back to the huddle. He always got up slow, very slowly walked back to the huddle. After his career, someone said to him, Jim, why, why'd you always do that? You just sort of nonchalantly walk back. He goes, because many times when they hurt, hit me, it hurt. And it hurt bad. And he said, I never want my opponent to know that they got me because I was supposed to play hurt. And I walked back so I could get my win. 
I had stayed in the huddle to try to get my pain under control. And we went again. And I walked slow the second time and the third time because sometimes you just play hurt. Here, I must bear it. I wonder what God's calling you to bear today. I wonder what it is today. I find that that God has called all of us to bear something. When I was in high school, we used to sing this song a lot in our youth group. I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my heavy back had bowed me to despair. I often complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, my feet were all so weary upon the Calvary's road. The cross became so heavy, I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. I worked so hard for Jesus, I often boast and said, I sacrificed a lot of things to walk this narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune. I'm worth a lot to thee. And then I heard him say, so gently, I left the throne of glory and counted it but loss. My hands were nailed in anguish upon a cruel cross. But now, We'll make the journey with your hands safe in mine. So lift your cross and follow close to me. That last stanza said, and I can remember as a teenager in the 60s singing it, Lord Jesus, if I die upon a foreign soil someday, t'would be no more than love demands, no less could I repay. No greater love hath mortal man than for a man to die. These are the words he gently spoke to me. If just a cup of water I place within your hand, then just a cup of water is all that I demand. I wonder if you could give a cup of water to someone in Jesus' name. I wonder if you could breathe some courage, and sometimes, sometimes this happens to you as well. Someone tells me about the great woe and the great sorrow and the great, I don't want to hear it. And sometimes you sit there thinking, that's preschool. You wait till you get to graduate school. You wait till you really suffer, and you will. Man that is born of woman, his days are few and full of troubles as sparks fly upward. We're out of time. I find today that sometimes, sometimes we just need to understand I must bear it for myself. I must bear it for others. And sometimes I should bear it for my Lord. He did everything for me. He bore everything. He left heaven's glory. He who was rich became poor, yet for, for my, uh, that we through his poverty might be made rich. He said, Jack, I will bear this for you and I'll gladly bear it. I'll go to the cross for you, son. He looked through eternity's time and saw a young boy that was going to be born in Milwaukee to come to a little place 15 minutes from here and grow up his entire life 
in these farm fields that used to be farms. And every type of fruit tree was grown here. And every type of cattle and chickens and we'd come and we'd take a back road. There were not freeways. We'd take a back road, what is now 237. We'd go over here where it became Dell Computer. I don't know what's there now. I think it's Marvel or something. And there was a, there was a farm there. We'd get our eggs. And we'd cut them over to a place called El Camino Real behind Moonlight Shopping Center and go see my aunt and my uncle, then go back home in that little city of ours. You know, I don't know what you're bearing today, but everybody bears something. Joseph bore the rejection for over 20 years of 10 brothers. They saw him in a pit and they sat down and they ate. And the Bible says there's no water there in that pit, in that eastern sun. He had to bear it. He became second in command in Egypt. And one day those brothers came and instead of paying back, he bestowed blessing upon them. I wonder today what grief you have. Joseph had grief. I think today of Jeremiah, he is, the whole book is called, it's a weeping prophet. He just wept. Moses was attacked by God's people. They even wanted to kill him. There was insurrection. Hosea preached with such a broken heart, and so did Isaiah. Daniel went to the den of lions after, as a teenager, he was stolen from his parents. And then at age 90, he goes into the den of lions. And he must have thought, after all, I've never seen my mother, I've not seen my dad, I've not seen my homeland, I've been stolen away from my family for these uh, 70 plus years. I haven't been home to Jerusalem. And now I'm in a den of lions and God shut the mouth. I wonder how David felt in 2 Samuel 23 when he gave a rehearsal of his life before he was dying and he admitted the fact that all of his children went haywire. All of his kids in 2 Samuel 23 broke his heart. One committed murder of another brother. One committed incest with a half-sister. It was just an awful situation. One had a conspiracy to kill his own dad, and he took his dad's assistant, Ahithophel, and he took Hush, uh, 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 Hushai, his other assistant, and they turned on David after all those years of service, and David was brokenhearted. I think of the apostle Paul how God gave him a thorn in the flesh and he had to live with that his entire ministry. And that his head was beheaded from his body. And all the disciples but one died a martyr's death. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus died for me. And the Bible says that I have, I have something I must bear. That song in our hymn book, I close, must Jesus bear? the cross alone, and all the world go free. No, no, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. I don't like it when I see young people have crosses. I think of that beautiful little girl that graduated here on Friday morning. 
as a senior, such a pretty thing. Sit next to her pretty sister and her beautiful mom and dad. And I remember when all of her hair came out, she lost her hair with chemotherapy as a kid. And now God restored her to health. Don't, don't tell me that wasn't a... The Sarabians, what a, what a, what a potential of, of just derailing their life. They stay true. Our sweet Carmen over there and her two precious kids. Her husband went home young to be with the Lord. These cemeteries are filled with our loved ones. That sweet chairman of the deacons, Brother Van Dyke, came down here. But I remember when his son and Jackie Van Dyke, their son went to the hospital, nothing big, but through the night died and left those kids. I'm talking about, friend, I go on and on from tent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, open air back there, all over the Spanish mission can go over there. The people that are suffering with cancer right now, I must bear it, I must bear it. I can't be a martyr, I can't be a victim. The consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall set me free and then go home a crown to wear for there's a crown for me. Upon the crystal pavement down at Jesus' pierced feet, joyfully I'll cast my golden crown and his dear name repeat. Oh, precious cross, oh, glorious crown, on resurrection day, ye angels from the stars came down and you bear my life away. Soon I'm going to go see him. I don't know when, but I know I'm running out of time. And I hope whatever from here to that journey, I hope I'll bear some things. I hope that I won't demand for you, but I hope that I'll be a good enough Christian that I can just bear some things for you. I'm such a weak pastor. Such a weak husband. I know it. Father, grandfather. But there are things that God's called upon me to bear. I try not to complain. And I know you don't. I try not to tell anybody else. I can tell you these last many years, I've stayed up every night of my life walking praying, asking God for strength for this journey because things are waxing worse and worse. My first 30 some years of pastoring here, 35 were relatively easy compared to the last 10. They've been the hardest. They've also perhaps been the most rewarding. You dear folks that are carrying burdens to uh, I wish I could carry and bear your burdens with you. I want to. I must bear it. You're not happy in your marriage, dear lady, but you just bear it. Don't transfer it to your kids. You're gonna have to bear it. So you're not happy in your marriage. Don't, 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 
transfer it to your, to your kids. Bear it. You're alone in life. Don't, don't be the victim and the martyr. Bear it. Walk alone with Jesus. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.